ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 157 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Or the DAP Network, if you will, and I will. Uh, if you're watching us live on YouTube or even following along on YouTube later on, we really appreciate you being here. If you're listening in your ear holes on a podcast stream of some sort, we appreciate you listening and downloading. Uh, definitely subscribe, rate, and review. Give us all that stuff. But before we get too far into this, I got to be honest. It's Andrew Hall. I'm at Andrew Hall FF. I'm here with my co-host with the most, I guess, Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. How are you tonight, Rocky? Not not with the most shows recently. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very happy to be sitting here back with you, Andrew. It's been, I think, maybe three weeks since I've been, maybe longer. I don't even know. It's It's um, been a minute. Real yeah. life getting in the way and, and things like that. So uh, I'm very happy to be, I, at least uh, I get to, I always get to throw you on Trade Addicts whenever, whenever Russ uh, doesn't show up. So we did do that in between my last show and this show, but still yep. great to be back here on Junkies with you and with a great guest tonight. That's right. With that guest, we've got the one and only John Hesterman at John underscore Hesterman. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. I brought my radio face, so uh, I think I think I'm good to go. You're doing terrific. And I know you write for DLF. Uh, we talked about this before the show started. You write Dynasty content at DLF and the DFS contest or con- content at Fantasy Pros. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the where you can find my work. I love it. I love it. If I can ask this question, though, John, which do you prefer? Which, which baby do you like more than the other, DFS or Dynasty? Uh, Dynasty, I'm in for the long haul. You know, I've got so many teams that that I've brought, you know, brought up and misused and abused and screwed up. <laughs> and, you know, I'm kind of proud of what I've done with my children in that regard. Uh, so it's it's hard just to not say the Dynasty stuff. But I really, over the last couple of seasons, have really dug deep into, into DFS when it's active. And it's uh it's it's so maddening at times but it can be oh. also i mean just very very fun to take down some you know some contests from time to time and so yeah i i like both but if i had to pick one over the other i'm i'm going with my babies i'm going with my dynasty squads and i'm the same way i, I was in uh i've been in dynasty longer than i played dfs and i really really only did dfs for i want to say a year or two it just wasn't my thing like it, it felt too fleeting and too like I don't know, like not emotional enough, you know, like with dynasty, like it's very emotional. Sometimes you're like, man, this guy's out. My whole year is done. I got to turn into a rebuild. Like your whole work schedule, like the whole life of your team changes with DFS. It's like, Oh, so-and-so got hurt. Great. I'm not using him next week. And you just kind of like throw him to the curb and move on. It just feels so like, I don't know, loveless to me. Yeah. There's there's definitely a sense of emotional detachment or detachment would be the better word from, from DFS. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna make up words. That's that's why you guys brought me here, right? We do that. Hey, you're a wordsmith. I love it. I love it. But no, and I, again, I don't mind DFS. I, I think it's it's a it's almost the, the exact opposite spectrum end 
from Dynasty, where it's like I said, it's just like weekly. You're just in it for the weekly. In Dynasty, it's like it could be years. You know, yeah. you, you may be managing this team. I've got some teams I've been managing for six years now, and it's like one of these days. You know, one of these days we're right. going to win it, whether we want to or not. And, and uh, yeah. with me, to get first place, you often have to beat like hundreds of people, whereas I only have to beat eleven people in Dynasty. So, or right, thirteen or fifteen at the most usually. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point. I like that yeah, logic. For sure. So we're here. Obviously, we're on Dynasty Junkies. We're going to talk Dynasty tonight. But of course, if anybody has any sort of, you know, DFS questions, they can hit you up on Twitter. Like I said, uh, at John underscore Hesterman. Appreciate you part of that underscore family. So with that, let's kind of pivot into our talk for the night. We're, we're looking at some wide receivers later, but our news is not necessarily wide receiver related, which I think is interesting. We were talking about this, too. Kind of like, who do we want to talk about? And Rocky, you mentioned this, so I'll kick it to you first. Jonathan Taylor to the pup, didn't get traded, didn't get signed to a new contract. There's a whole bunch of question marks around this guy. My big one is, is he actually hurt? But in all honesty, it doesn't matter, right? He's on the pup. That's what matters. He's not playing. I mean, what are you doing with Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty right now? Are you selling or are you holding if you have him? Well, that's an interesting question, given our find me a trade later. But uh... yes. <laughs> foreshadowing. In general, I'm mostly holding Uh but in, in my find me a trade later, I will be trading him away. But uh, you are kind of selling low now if you, if you move him. And I'll, I'll get into that when we do the find me a trade. But I just I do have concerns about him. They're like, I do worry that how much is he even going to play this year? Like you can say he, he should be back by week five. But does he come back? Does he does he have another phantom injury because he, he's not getting paid? Uh, yeah. what I, I doubt he specifically holds out, but I could, you know, he gets a, like a you know, a, a stub toe or something, he might not be playing for a few games because he doesn't want to get himself hurt with that as new contract. So, uh, I, I definitely have concerns for this entire season and, and the fact that you're, you're already not getting a month out of him. I, I would rather hold and hope that he comes back and it's just Jonathan Taylor, but I don't blame anyone for trying to get out because I think this whole year could has the potential to be a mess. I don't know that it will be, but it definitely has that potential. And if this whole year does, or most of this year gets blown up, I mean, he's a running back to be about to be going into his fourth year. It There's, yeah, there's just a lot of concern there. Uh, so like I said, I'll get into a, a little more about his value and stuff, uh, when we get to find me a trade, but that's kind of where I'm at on it. That's kind of where I'm at too. I feel like I, I'm not selling to sell, but I'm, I'm willing to entertain offers and kind of see what someone's willing to offer for him. I think there are still some people out there that are willing to pay what I would consider full price or close to full price. And, and that's, I'm fine selling it close to full price, even if it's a 10% discount, you know, you got a red light special or some sort of coupon, you know what I mean? Like, go ahead. Like I'm, I'm fine to give you the coupon, but I'm not selling as like a half price deal. Like that's not what we're doing here. Uh, John, are you kind of in the same page there where you're not really pushing to sell Jonathan Taylor or are you kind of like done with this and just went off this room? Yeah. To quote one of my favorite movies, I'm like seven 11. I'm not always doing business, but, but I'm, I'm always, always open. open. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it kind of feels like that. Yeah. I'll entertain offers, um, but I'm not looking to move them on the cheap. Um, I know people want to buy on the cheap and I totally understand that it's dynasty. That's what we do. Yep. But I'm not giving up that asset on the cheap without having some clarity on the situation yet. I know the the risk, mitigating risk, is a big part of what we do in Dynasty. And I know the risk is there and very present for a lost season. Um, mm -hmm. But I can't bail early for pennies on the dollar, um, not knowing, not having some clarity. I'm going to kind of weather the storm for a little bit. 
I'm with you there. I've got him on uh, two different redraft teams, I want to say, and that I just drafted. One is my home league that I just drafted a week or two ago. And I got him in the, uh, I want to say the fourth round of a, of a one keeper league. So it's kind of like a fifth round pick. And at that point, I was just kind of looking around the room like, is no one going to, like, I'll take, at that point, I'll take the risk. You know what I mean? Like, that's low enough for me. Maybe something happens. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he plays. And then, of course, the news comes out where he's on the pup. And it's like, well, that's a bummer. But I'm still okay. Like, you know, it's a redraft league. So it's not like it's that big of a deal. I've still got other players. And then, actually, I did make a trade. I was curious because uh, I, I made this trade last night. And it's in a it's an HQ3, which is obviously a dynasty league with the trades HQ guys. And there was a new manager that came in, uh, Troy, who was a friend of the show, Voice in Fuego, uh, decided to take over an orphan team. And so he comes in, and as as I do with orphans too, I'm like, all right, I'm making some moves. Let's let's go in and see what players I can move and all this. So I sent him an offer that was Jonathan Taylor, Velas Jones, and a third, which are pretty much nothing picks. Like those are just roster spots at this point. So Jonathan Taylor, Velas Jones, and a third for Kenneth Walker, Cortland Sutton, and Kareem Hunt. And I was like, I think I'm fine with this. There's a chance that Kareem Hunt gets signed somewhere still, and maybe even at the at the Colts, to be honest. Maybe he's the guy there. I think Kenneth Walker to Jonathan Taylor is obviously a tier down, but not like a big tier. I think there's still some some value there, and he's younger, and maybe they have some, some attitude there. But Cortland Sutton, I think, is going to have a good year with Jerry Judy having some issues. Like, So my logic was, like, I'm trading Jonathan Taylor, which is a question mark and not getting points, for Kenneth Walker and Cortland Sutton, who are both going to be in my lineup. And in that league, it's a start 11, 12-team league. Like, you need starters. And I was like, well, I'm fine to get out of this and just sort of play the game. And Rocky, I'll kick it to you first. I mean, what is this a terrible trade? Did I did I mess this up? Or do you feel like that's the kind of discount you were talking like that's worth taking? Yeah, no, I, I don't hate that at all. I, I have some questions about the, how the whole Walker Charbonnet thing is going to work oh, out. Same. Uh, yeah. But at least he's going to be playing. Uh, we've seen some explosiveness from him last year. And I kind of. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, it's like, fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me, shame on me with Cortland yeah. Sutton. But yeah, I'm kind of getting back into Cortland Sutton. Same. Bit. I do this uh, every year. With all the injuries and everything, I've, I've already been expecting Russ to bounce back. He can't possibly be as bad as last year. Plus, Peyton is there now. And at least for the first month of the season, Sutton's going to be his number one, or I, I think it's going to be about a month before Judy's back, maybe a little less. I'm not sure right now, but, sure. uh, but yeah, Sutton's going to be his number one receiver at least uh, should get the most targets there. And then maybe if, you know, if that goes well, they have that rapport, then maybe it kind of sticks. So I, I, I don't hate that at all. I think that's a, a, a decent return right now. And I definitely think there's a chance that like, if this season does go wrong <clears throat> from, uh, from, you know, Taylor, whatever happens with him, that his value never kind of rebounds to where it once was. So uh, I, I don't mind getting those points. And if, uh, if Walker does still, like hold down the lead spot there, that, that could be really nice for you. Uh, yeah. if Charbonnet is just sort of mixed in as more of a clear one B or two, than than like co, you know, co one, eight, one, eight, one B. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and with Sutton, I'm ready to get hurt again. That's really what it is. Like I just Sean Payton's there. The <laughs> exactly. optimism is, is shining through. This has got to be. It's going to be great. It yeah. may not. I'm totally fine yeah. with that. Last year I was sitting is... over. I was just going to say I was sitting over Judy last year, and yeah. I, I so was that I. after I saw what happened last season. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. Um, but now Sutton's sucking me back in. <laughs> I might be an idiot. I'm just going to say it that way. I'm definitely a junkie, so who knows? But yeah, what do you think, John? Does that seem like a pretty fair return for Taylor, or would you would have tried to get more? I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, that's better than some of the offers that I fielded in the places that yeah. I've had them. So, yeah, I mean, that that's one that would have at least gotten a little thought out of me instead of being an auto decline. So, yeah, you're you're getting something of value. And you mentioned the points. You're getting points on the board for the season. Um, the potential range is a little bit different, obviously, going from Walker to Taylor. But if Taylor doesn't play, if they put him on the NFI list, if, you know, he ends up staying on the pup because, like you mentioned, he stubbed his toe when he doesn't want to get hurt without right. a contract. Like, there's so many variables to it. You have, for sure, points going on the board now and not in a bad way. So, yeah, I, I'm okay with that trade. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance that uh, Jonathan Taylor eats some bad gas station sushi and he's just like, I'm done. I'm out. Send me down. You know, I'm going to be on the toilet for the next eight weeks, coach. You know, like, who knows? Like, that, that fear is kind of always there. And in Dynasty, as a rebuilding team, Taylor is somebody I'm targeting. Like if I have a, if I have a team that is, you know, bottom three and I'm looking at a top three pick, I have no problem at all writing out the Taylor storm. Cause why not? And I'm fine to buy him cheap. This to me felt like a good enough price where it's like, it's a fair trade. I don't think either one of us is fleecing the other. It feels pretty average to me. And again, like we were just talking about Walker and Sutton both have their question marks. Hunt doesn't even have a team. So in a year we might look back on this, like, well, well that was a dumb trade. Like, Holy crap. Jonathan Taylor's a terrific asset and he's back in his good graces and everything's fine. So yeah, it's it's just that's where I'm at with Jonathan Taylor. It's just like I don't I don't know. I just I, it worries me. And that league too, like yeah. there's one dominant team in that league that's like you know top. I think he's got three of the top ten receivers and like eight of the top twenty receivers. Like he just he's stacked. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna take something crazy to happen. So my logic is I might as well shoot the moon. Like let's just have fun with this. That's the whole point of dynasty, right? And again, being junkies, I'm just in it for the trading. Um, the other thing we want to talk about with JT going to the pup and all this is obviously who replaces him, right? And there was some news that came out today. I think, John, you mentioned this before the show. Like Zach Moss now might be ready for week one or maybe week two or something like that. That could be nice. And we still got Deion Jackson, who's kind of been there before. And then the rookie, Evan Hall. I mean, John, I'll kick it to you first. Which of these three guys do you want? Let's assume they're all the same cost, which may not entirely be true, but let's, they're close enough. But if, let's say all of all three of these are on the waiver. Which one are you trying to claim the most? Which one do you want on your team? I, I would say while I believe that Zach Moss gets the audition first, I really like Evan Hall. I'm an Evan Hall person. I like the talent. I like the relative athletic score. Um, I know the draft cost isn't indicative of guaranteeing playing time. And that's the biggest struggle right now And being someone that's a big fan of Evan Hall is, is realizing that there's not enough of an investment to where they're saying we have to get give this guy the ball. So for that reason, like Zach Moss, I think has the early shot there, assuming he's healthy and, and back from it was a broken hand, wasn't it? Arm, I thought it was. Arm, yeah, broken arm. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> right, yeah, one of those things you hold the ball with. Got it. Yeah. Important. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So assuming he's healthy, I, I so the season may open with Deion Jackson, and then it might shift to. Uh, you know, Deion Jackson slash Evan Hull split, in which case that's what I'm looking for is when that split occurs and Evan Hull can show the NFL what he can do. But uh, at some point, Zach Moss is going to be a factor in that too. The reality is this could be just a really hideous rotation yeah. on a team where the quarterback is just as prone to take off running as it is to hand it off anyway. So this might be a whole bunch of discussion about, you know, snipes and, fairies and things of that nature so <laughs> yeah things that don't matter at all i agree right. with you 100 yeah 
Well, so Rocky, which of these three guys would you pick? If you again, let's assume they're all on waivers and you've got the number one claim and there's no cost. Again, in Dynasty, that's always different and every league is different. But let's assume you, you didn't have to pay anything other than a waiver claim. Which one do you want? Well, that John kind of stole what I was going to say at the end there, where it's like, I'm not sure nice. I want any of them. <laughs> um, because I think, like he said, it could just be a whole big uh, mishmash of, you know, hot hand, that kind of thing. Uh, but I think I lean with him. I'd rather take the unknown of the rookie um, with Evan Hall. Uh, Deion Jackson actually did flash a little bit in a couple starts he got last year. Um, but I don't expect him to be like, like Johnson. I don't expect him to be the guy that they, they put out in front there. It'll probably be Moss. And, uh, I'd like to, I'd rather just go with the unknown, but you know, it could be a boat of Evan Hall. Uh, right. That's so, right. <laughs> I know you love, love the reference. Yeah. Love the reference. Yeah. It could be anything. It could be a boat. So let's, I'd rather if, you know, we're not bringing in costs. It's just everybody's equal. I, I, I'm taking the chance on Hall over the other two guys. Well, so my answer is kind of the same but different. I, I'm taking the chance on Deion Jackson because I think he's the one that sees the biggest spike first. I think Deion Jackson is the guy that's going to turn around in week one or two and get like one of those random, which we see this every year, which frustrates everybody, but like one of those random like 100-yard and a touchdown kind of games. He gets puts up like 19 PPR points and is the darling of every waiver wire article out there, right? Like just everybody's ready. Got to pick up Deion Jackson. He's clearly the guy. And then in week two, it's Evan Hall with 85 yards and two touchdowns. And everyone's like, I don't know anymore. Like we don't know anything, right? Like, we have no clue. So my thought is I think Deion Jackson's the one that's going to return that value quickest or is going to spike the first. And that's who I want on my team. And then I'll trade that guy away for Evan Hall on a third or like Evan Hall on a fourth. You know what I mean? Like give me that other player who I think has a longer longevity kind of an idea, but Again, it depends on your league. If it's not an active league, then yeah, go get Hall. I think that's probably a fine idea. But if you're in like a trade addicts league, for instance, or someone that a lot of us that listen to the show are kind of crazy degenerates that just play in a ton of dynasty leagues, I'm trying to get as much as I can at Deion Jackson because I know I'm going to trade him all away. And just like as soon as he does anything, I'm done. I'm out. Like Deion Jackson and Cortland Sutton for a second or some crazy thing. Like let's just pin them together. Let's go, you know? So I don't think there's a wrong answer, which is the best part. We won't know what's wrong until the end of week one anyway. Um, right. But again, the fact that it's not Taylor makes everybody kind of like, meh, you know, and I'm not really that excited. So the other parts of news that we want to mention, and again, John, this is a great idea on your part. Uh, the guys, some some guys that fell to IR, which kind of shocks some people. Um, I know we had cut downs and we had a lot of different roster moves. And I've still been just trying to catch up on all my teams and making sure I don't have free agent guys on my roster and, you know, keeping making sure that I'm, I'm playing attention, paying attention to the right players. But IRs are an interesting one because when a player gets moved to IR at this time of year, it's it's most likely a short-term IR, not every time, but you know they're going to miss the first four to six weeks or something like that. I forget the rules anymore. But these guys are able to get put into your IR spot on your roster, which if you have IR spots, might as well use them. Uh, it's very unlikely that you have a lot of people on there now. We haven't had a lot of injuries, of course. Games haven't even started. And a lot of players, you know, whether, they allow, whether your league allows suspended or out or whatever, if it's just IR, there are some players that just hit that full IR this week, like Jeffrey Wilson, Jelani Woods, and Kenny and Wangwu, the three that we have to list here. And I guess, I mean, I love moving guys to IR to free up a, a roster spot so I can go get somebody else off that waiver wire. And we're seeing some leagues too that might have one waiver wire run still coming up before the season on, you know, next Wednesday. Now is the time to scour your, your team and make sure you, you know, check to see if you have anybody that can fit in that IR slot. And then that frees you up to pick up somebody. So, of the three here, John, I'll kick it to you first. Which of these three do you feel like is maybe the, the one you want to stash the most? I have a feeling I know what it is, 
But what IR guy are you looking to like put on your roster as your IR and then move from there? I would, yeah. If I'm gonna scoot someone, it, Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be fairly consistent between the three of us. But uh, yeah. yeah, he was the biggest surprise, I think, too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was not. I mean, we knew they were talking about Jelani Woods and and you know battling. I wasn't even sure. I had to ask what even the injury was to Jeff Wilson. And even that's vague. I heard midsection and finger. Someone correct me if new news has come out. I did like, hear midsection too. And like, what is that? A rib injury? Does his yeah, butt what's, hurt? Like, what's what are we mid-section? talking about? Did, did he did he like did he fart too hard? I mean what <laughs> torso? What, it's his torso yeah, right. section. Like what the yeah. His C section scar hurts. I don't know what <laughs> midsection. Like he has a tummy is, ache, John. Like, <laughs> that so that, that one sushi, was right? <laughs> yeah, gas station C. It affects all of us. Um, yeah. So he he would be the one that that I'd be willing to take the stash on because I I think the we saw the tandem work last year and now they've got an extra piece to that. So uh, he is someone that is going to have a role. And let's be honest, if we're being honest, Raheem Mostert healthy is just a pre-injured condition. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's about to be injured every time he touches the ball. You're like, well, next time I'll probably get injured. Yeah, I'm kind right. Of uh, maybe I'll put it this way then, Rocky. Uh, any any thoughts on Jelani Woods? I mean, is, is he somebody you're stashing on IR because you think he might come back? Or is, is he a it was it like was he that close and had that short of a leash that maybe you're willing to drop him now, I guess? Uh, no, I would. Yeah, I don't have a ton of Jelani Woods shares, but where I do, I yeah, I'm not dropping him. Uh, so, you know, still a young player. And uh, it's not like I'm not super bullish on the passing offense this year with Anthony Richardson, um, but I'm not giving up on it. If I if I'm drafting a rookie tight end, especially one that wasn't super uh, touted coming out, uh, I'm probably rostering that guy for at least three years anyway, hoping something Same. happens eventually. So uh, him going to IR for like a month isn't going to change that one way or the other for me. No, I completely agree. I mean, obviously, that was a trap question. Like, we all know the answer there. But I thought I'd throw you a softball. It's been a minute. Appreciate it, um, Andrew. But also, I mean, like, Jelani Woods, I, there is one league. There's one league <laughs> I'm in that's a two-tight end league. And I'm like, well, on a two-tight end league, I'm not dropping any tight end. Like, if you're no. even on a roster at this point, like, exactly. you need, like, seven tight ends on your roster, you know? So, like, Jelani right. Woods is definitely going to my R on those. And I'm even trying to add, you know, Josh Wiley, I think is his name. You know, like, let's get some of these other deeper, like, tight end guys that maybe fill that backup tight end spot behind Mo Alley-Cox. That's how desperate he gets. Um, yeah. The other yeah. one, though, I mentioned – go ahead, Rocky. Sorry. I was going to say, it would have to be a really short roster to, yeah. to even think about dropping them for me. Like, the leagues we play in are usually tight end premium and often have 28 to 32 roster spots. Yeah. So, uh, in something like that, I'm not – yeah, I'm not dropping them. Well, and it's funny because, like, I, I know we mentioned, like, Kenny and Wongwu, which I have in a bunch of places. After Dwayne McBride got cut, I picked, started picking him up. Even though he's more of a special teamer, I just feel like he's still going to be a running back on the roster and they might need him. Uh, there's some other guys, too, just kind of looking at some different rosters. Like, Taekwon Thornton hit the IR. Kyle Phillips hit the IR. Like, some of these players I have on my, you know, deeper bench, like, 40-man rosters. It's like, well, those guys are still viable options. And we actually have both of those guys in Dynasty Junkies 1, Rocky. Um, but it's like, th those are kind of players that I don't usually think about, right? Yeah. They're not exciting, <laughs> right. but guess what? I get to move them over to my IR or RIR and pick up somebody else. So that's kind of fun. Um, so yeah, the logic of this is there really isn't a whole lot of quote unquote news right now. It's more of like just roster movement and, and construction. And obviously all these teams are doing their best to, to keep up with all of it. And all we can do is, you know, wait for our platform of choice to kind of update their own world. But I, th I think that pretty much covers it. But if you can get IR, definitely move that over. Pay attention to your taxi squad. If there's someone on your taxi that got cut and you can make a move before the season starts, before it locks, 
definitely take a look at that. You know, it's worth a quick reminder because I know in some of my leagues, I'm like, oh, right, let me do that now. And then it locks week one and you're stuck. So like, I'd really rather check now. I know in one league I had uh, Cameron Peoples was on my taxi squad and he was on Carolina, got drafted or something or undrafted free agent even and got cut. And I'm just like, oh, thank God. So now I can drop him and move somebody back to taxi before the season locks. So just more of a heads up to those dynasty junkies out there listening. Just keep track of your rosters. It's always for the best. Yep. Any other news you guys want to mention before we move on? Nope. Didn't think no, so. No, I know Matthew no. Wiggins is here in the chat saying McBride is on the practice squad. That's good news. That is a good point. I mean, McBride's not gone, but practice squad to me doesn't still doesn't bode that well. Uh, the other one that I thought was odd, speaking of practice squad, was the New England Patriots quarterback situation, right? Where Mac Jones is the only active quarterback on their roster. They put Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. They waved them both and then put them both on practice squad. I'm just like, do, do they know something we don't? I'm very I think I saw it. they signed Matt Corral today. Oh, of yes. course they did. Yeah. That just makes things weirder all around, right? <laughs> yeah. So who knows what's going on? It Bella looks like Matt Jones. Mac, the basic takeout of this Mac Jones job is pretty secure, it looks like. Well, yeah, yeah. that's actually a fair point. Yeah, I mean, there's no one itching on his heels. That's for damn sure. Yeah, we got Dame confirming in the, claim, in the chat. Okay, Thank you, yeah, Dame. Claim, Appreciate that. So with that, let's move into our main topic of the night, which is wide receivers, sleepers, and busts. We, obviously, we've covered a lot of these positions over the course of the last, I don't know, three or four months even at this point. But I feel like this is the time of year to kind of start talking about values and like how you can maybe, I don't know, find an edge in your league. So let's get into some different options. I'll kind of go around the room here and give each of you a couple of different options of who you think are sleepers and busts. And before we get into this, it's something I've said in other shows. How you define these is kind of up to you. Uh, there really isn't like a definite definition of these things. Like the term sleeper has been widely used by so many people. Uh, I did see an article, I think it was last year, where they talked about uh, DeAndre Swift being a sleeper with the Lions. And I'm just like, I don't know if that counts. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hang on a minute. Like, I'm pretty sure we're all aware of him. No one's sleeping on that. So it kind of varies on how you want to define it, which I, I'd like, but it's annoying to read. I'll just put it that way. Um, but with that, Rocky, I want to kick it to you first. Which of the top 100 wide receivers, which is what I put in the show sheet for the sake <laughs> of argument, uh, this is DLF from August uh, ADP uh, in 2023, of course. Which of these wide receivers, which one, I guess, stands out to you as the most sleeper option? Let's start with the sleepers first. Um, okay, I had two, well, maybe three guys that came to mind when I was looking over this list. Um one is more highly ranked. I'll, I'll say him first because um, I do Perfect. think his value could go up, uh, which is Brandon Ayuk. I, I still feel like mm. he's a little uh, under the radar in terms of – I was not an Ayuk guy early, but over the last couple of years, he has impressed me. Uh, I, I try not to get take lock on guys unless it's, uh, you know, Zach Wilson or Ronald Jones. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Specific example. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh and, and i just i just feel like he's the most talented guy there actually i i, I like him better than debo uh i do think I, i'm not in love with purdy but Ayuk is kind of perfect in that he can just kind of get in the ball and Ayuk can do you know can make things happen after the catch uh i i think he could be he could definitely go up in value from 23 uh, wide receiver 23, which is where he's at in this ADP. Uh, if he performs the way I think he will. And I do think he'll get you a decent amount of play. I do think it's going to be um, a pretty good offense, even though I'm not a big Purdy guy, uh, just because they have so much talent there with Kittle and CMC and Debo and Ayuk. And, you know, it's going to be hard not to score no matter who your quarterback is. So 
Uh, I think Ayuk's going to be kind of the one that that, that maybe uh, at least in the passing game that takes the lead there. So he he was my first one. I don't know if you want me to keep going or we go. Well, no, or... I, let's let's talk about that for a second. So Ayuk, I, I think is a fine choice for sleeper because twenty three does feel a little low to me. I just want to say too, I think sleeper is a little strong, but just a guy yeah. who can go up in value. <laughs> Underrated. I don't know. Uh, I yeah, that, that was yeah. more what I was thinking with that yeah, one. That's yeah. perfectly fine. I love the way you define that. You're entirely wrong. This is terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I said it last year a couple different times during Purdy's run, where I'm like, I feel like anybody could play quarterback for the Niners and be successful. Like. You just got to be like, you know, step back three times, even at a shotgun and just wail it and duck. You know what I mean? Like, you'll be fine. Like, say, I mean, off the CMC, you'll be okay. little like, asterisks. I mean, anybody but Trey Lance. True. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's well put, John. That's right. Trey <laughs> Lance is not successful there. Anybody but Trey Lance. You're exactly right. They don't want him at all. Um, Jesse in the chat is kind of backing up the underrated thing because he says San Francisco pass catchers scare me. That's that's kind of what the issue is, is that there's there is so much talent there. So who's going to. Yeah. But I do think you can kind of come to the forefront sure the way Debo did a couple of years ago. Well, and that's Just actually where I wanted to go with this is is more like the pass catchers there do scare me because I don't know where they're going to go. I don't there is there's so many options, right? Like that makes all of them a little less valuable in a sense. It's not like a funnel where you know where they're going to be. Um, I did see one league, one redraft league I was watching, or I think it was in, it was either that or a mock, I can't, it might have been a mock, where Ayuk went before Debo, and I was like, okay, that's a little nuts to me. I, I still feel like Debo is the number one guy there, but hell, I don't know. Like we, we don't know that. And I feel like if you really think Debo is you know, on the downturn and declining, and you think Ayuk is on the uprise, you know, put your money where your mouth is, right? But John, what do you think about Ayuk? Is, does that whole offense scare you too, or are you kind of like, are you in on Ayuk at this price? I like Ayuk at the price. Um, yes, that offense is frustrating because you're right. This could be a Kittle week. This could be a Devo week. This could be a CMC week. I don't know if you guys remember that guy. So there's so many. Yeah, there's so many options. Yeah, it does make it hard to go all in on somebody. But I really like what I saw from Ayuk last year, the growth that he's shown over the last few years after the, the whole doghouse thing. Like he's really stepped up. And what I like is – it. It doesn't matter how far down the field it gets a hold of the ball. He is creating yards almost every time, and that's fun to watch. So I do like Ayuk. I kind of like the price point as well. Um, in that range, he's definitely someone that that has upside, and, yeah, I'm good with it. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver 23, I mean, that's you're not spending a ton at that, at that cost. I mean, just for the sake of this discussion, like – Right ahead of him is Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin. Right after him is Jerry Judy, DJ Moore. Like all of those guys have different kinds of question marks, right? Like whether it's the offense or the player, the injury, whatever. Like they all have different things. And I think Ayuk is, I don't know, just as good as any of those guys. He belongs in that space. But I think right. the upside of Ayuk might be higher than those guys. Maybe not McLaurin, but that's, again, we're talking about upside, like best possible case, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't mind that at all, Rocky. I think that's a good sleeper. So why don't we go to you, John? What's a, what's a sleeper that you're thinking about and, and kind of looking at these values? Which one do you want on your team? So we'll start by kind of how I define sleeper, how I think of it, um, because it used to mean something way back in the day when information wasn't as readily accessible. And, and now there's so many smart people, the market's saturated, everybody's got takes. The true days of the actual like sleepers are gone. Yeah. Now it's more about finding the right risk to take on players that the markets are valuing below where their production could land. That's a lot to put on a business card. I'm going to have to figure out how to shorten that up. Anyway, <laughs> that That's being like said, acronym, wait to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Sky Moore. 
Uh, Sky Moore, someone I want to talk about. Was there hype last season? Yes, yes, there was. Did he achieve anything remotely close that could be defined as success? Unless you count 274 scrimmage yards and three fumbles, that's 43.4 PPR points for those of you scoring at home. Uh, unless you count that as success, no, he didn't. Um, but so now his ADP has dropped. He's wide receiver 46 in startup formats. Um, there's been really good talk out of camp. We knew what kind of hands he had coming into the NFL. We knew about his versatility. Now he's got a, a full year under his belt and an Andy Reid slash Patrick Mahomes offense. Wide receiver 46, that's a risk I'm willing to take at the price. I like the way you put that. I, I think that's actually a pretty fair idea. What do you think, Rocky? You on the same page here? Yeah, I definitely, uh, like you said, at that price, I mean, I, I, it's hard to figure out what the, it is going to happen with the cheat, you know, the Chiefs passing game. Somehow, you know, Patrick Mahomes lights it up for 4,500, 5,000 yards every year. And they never, uh, you know, since Tyreek left, they don't have anybody at receiver. And they, when even Tyreek was there, they had nobody else except Kelsey. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of amazing that kind of no one stepped into that void. I was just looking while I was talking. I mean, Last year, uh, Juju had went had seventy eight for nine thirty three. If 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 Sky Moore could approach those numbers, uh, that alone would give him a big value boost. Even though that's not like an amazing season, that's I think far surpassing the expectations most have for Sky Moore this year. So, and, and I kind of feel like somebody has to at least have decent numbers there. Uh, besides Kelsey, it's just a matter of who it's going to be. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't hate that. I, I'm not, I don't even say I don't hate that. Cause that implies that, the, you know, I'm hesitant on it. I, I do like that. Cause like you're paying almost nothing for sky more is going to be like a throw in yeah. trade. No one's trading directly for sky more. Um, you can probably get him thrown in on a bigger deal. Uh, so yeah, I, wide receiver 46, you're talking like a, a third, you know, so yeah. I, I would totally be fine with the, taking, taking the shot on sky more and see what happens. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that there are five Kansas City Chiefs, actually six technically, in the top 100 here, right? <laughs> We've got, which is bonkers to me because it's really just because, like we were saying before with Ayuk, like we don't know who it's going to be. And so everybody's just like taking flyers on whoever they can find because it could be that guy. It could be a boat, right? Like it's the whole thing. So I think it's interesting. Sky Moore is number 46 in DLF ADP. We got Rashi Rice at 53. I'm sorry, Kadarius Tony at 51. Rashi Rice at 53. Then we go all the way down to MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanling at 77, Justin Ross right behind him at 78, and then Richie James at 98. So it's like there, there is literally, that's six. If you just do the math, that makes no sense of there's 32 teams. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't make any sense. There's no way that all six of these guys are going to be top 100 worthy. They, they, four of them are going to be wrong. The thing is, we don't know which four it's going to be. Yeah. And honestly, like if the if, – the best wide receiver on Kansas City, again, not counting Travis Kelsey because he's not a wide receiver. If the best wide receiver is wide receiver 46. That's exactly where I want to go to. I'm with you, John. That's a good pick. So my, I have a, a couple different versions of sleeper. And I think that the way I tend to word it is someone who maybe people are undervaluing. They're falling asleep on him. They're not you know, asleep at the wheel, like all that kind of stuff. But the term sleeper is also kind of odd because in Dynasty, contending versus rebuilding kind of makes a difference enough where it's like a contending team that's not a sleeper to a contending team. Like that makes no sense that, that guy's, you know, a year out from being, you know, from playing and a rebuilding team that makes no sense. Like Adam Thielen is a guy I want to mention as a sleeper. I think Adam Thielen could have a good year this year. I'm actually excited for Adam Thielen this season and his price is very low wide receiver 85 in dynasty right now for Carolina. 
that's basically free. I mean, you're talking about a fourth rounder might get you that. But if I'm a contender and I have Adam Thielen, I'm not giving him up unless it's a second, like something crazy. Cause like, why? I, I think that he's going to score points and I could use points. I'm trying to get points. So I think he's one of those guys that the value is kind of all over the place. And if you see a rebuilding team with Adam Thielen, who obviously is getting older and is past his prime and is with a new team on a new offense, like, man, there is a whole bunch of stuff that could make you hate Adam Thielen all by itself. But if you're a rebuilder, you don't want those points. You don't want him on your roster. He's not going anywhere. So to me, that's like a definition of a, a quote unquote deeper sleeper is that like Adam Thielen, I think, could still score plenty of points. And again, Matthew Wiggins, love it in the chat right here. Do you have a good feeling about it? I do have a good feeling about it this year, man. I'm telling you, I think Thielen is going to do well. I'm hooked on a feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just feel like he's got that potential on a new offense with a rookie quarterback. I, you know, that's about as deep of a sleeper as you can get to wide receiver 85. I mean, that's, you're talking about cheap with uh, Sky Moore. Guess who's cheaper? Adam right. Thielen. I, you can get Sky Moore for Adam Thielen in a third. You know what I mean? Like, they're both cheap, but. Give me Adam Thielen in a third at this point. Like, that's just points. What do you think about that one, Rocky? Are you on the same page as me, or are you out on Thielen? No, I, yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't think he's going to be uh, anything amazing. Uh, but he could, certainly be, no, <laughs> he could certainly be like a wide receiver three uh, type, you know, flex starter for you. Like, Again, talking in most of the leagues we're in are 10, 11, 12 starters. He can, I, I think he'll be able to start for you every week in that kind of league. Yep. Uh, like I said, I think probably wide receiver three is she'll maybe have a boom week here or there. I'm not super confident how that offense is going to go year one, but uh, you know, Bryce Young's a rookie. We'll see how it goes, but I, I think you're getting points there. And I think you, I think he probably leads that team in targets. I mean, I mean, Mingo's a rookie, uh, you know, Chark is Chark, I, there, yeah. Yeah. but uh, he would make the most sense as the guy to lead the team in targets, which, you know, if you're getting like 10 to 12 points a week from him, I'll, I'll take that from wide receiver 85. I'm happy as hell with that. Just yeah. for the, I, I didn't do this much with the, uh, with Sky Moore. We should go back for a second around Sky Moore. You've got Tyler Lockett, Gabriel Davis, Cortland Sutton, Brandon cooks. Like those guys in my mind are, are, you know, maybe going to cost a little more than Sky Moore. You may be able to get Sky Moore for cheaper. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is on Adam Thielen, you got players like Don, people's jones chase claypool who everyone hates for some reason josh palmer and Keyshawn booty and in, in new england like those guys are are almost on waivers in some leagues you know what i mean like we're just getting really low there and i just think adam thielen is is in my mind i'm with you like let's say he's a top 50 receiver this year and you're getting him at 85 price like i'm fine with that like i, I don't have to spend much and the reward is high john what about you what do you think about Thielen before we get into your your next sleeper I, I like Thielen. I like the price point. I What I like about Thielen is the situation. Everybody's scared because yeah. it's a rookie quarterback in a new offense. Well, guess what? A sure-handed, soft coverage, middle-of-the-field, reliable receiver is a really good blankie for a rookie quarterback. That's right. So, yeah, he's going to have he's going to have some production. Is it going to be otherworldly and his double-digit touchdowns from the days of yore? No. But is he going to put up points on a consistent, reliable basis every week? Yeah, he will. So yeah. I love the price point. That's a good one. Yeah. And again, I think it's just – it's more the price than the player, right? I always talk yeah. about it too. Like I love the price, not the player. I hate the price, not the player, that kind of thing. And for me, again, that price is – that price is ju juicy, man. I'm telling you, I'd much rather have him over Chase Claypool, Keyshawn Booty, Khalil Shakir I just dropped in the league. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're literally right. talking about these guys down here where no one cares. Terrace Marshall, Darius Slayton, like these guys are, are waiver wire fodder. And I still think if Adam Thielen is being ranked there, give me Adam Thielen every day. 
So, John, what's your second sleeper on the list that you could come up with for this one? Uh, Nico Collins. And or what's another this sleeper, I guess? Yeah, Nico. this isn't. It's Sorry. Again, this isn't super sexy. Uh, I'm not going to pretend. It's not like he had some awesome rookie season. Of course, that offense didn't define awesome in any facet last season. But uh, he's going off as wide receiver 60, um, which here's here's the correlation. That's pretty far down the list for a team's starting wide receiver one. He's going to enter the season and operate through the season as their de facto number one. Yes, we're back to the rookie quarterback situation. And yes, that is going to like devalue to a certain extent as he as he learns the role. But he's still going to more than likely lead that team in targets and probably fairly easily. So getting him at wide receiver 60 as being the primary focal point for an offense, I'm good with that. It just sounds a lot like what we just said with Adam Thielen, right? Rookie yep. quarterback. There's a lot of guys we don't know, and we don't know who's going to be the guy. But, yeah, wide receiver 60 is the number one receiver for Houston. That's bonkers to me. It's the same logic. Like, someone's got to catch these passes. Like, yep. do you really think, uh, you know, C.J. Stroud's going to throw 2,000 yards and Nico Collins is only going to get 300 yards? Like, no, he's still going to get six, seven, eight hundred 800 yards. Easy. Like, come on. This is ridiculous. And then, again, for the sake of uh, – you know, full discussion here. We've got John Mechie is the next receiver for Houston at wide receiver 74. Tank Dell, who flashed in the preseason at 76. And then Robert Woods, the journeyman veteran at 94. You could make an argument that Robert Woods is even cheaper than Thielen, but I don't have nearly the confidence in Woods that I do in Thielen. Like Woods is obviously going to be a guy, but I could see him retiring by week four because he had seven catches and that's it. You know, like he's just done. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm entirely with you. I love Nico Collins. What about you, Rocky? Your thoughts on that one as a sleeper pick? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's sort of a, it's a lot like the well, without the um, performance history, but it's sort of similar to the the Thielen idea. Basically, is that you know, there's not a lot else there. Um, he's gonna they got to throw to somebody. Uh, he's probably going to be the lead target getter of those guys. So yeah, why not wide receiver sixty again? We're talking low price points here, so uh, I'm perfectly yeah, I'm, I like that one. Love it. Yeah. Now, what was your what was another sleeper? I don't want to say it's you only your second, but like what's another sleeper on this list of top 100 that you find yourself, you know, can't can't stay away from? See, I, I didn't go as deep as you go. I didn't go to 85 or six. This is but, perfect. No, this uh, is good for the content, Rocky. This would be, I guess, more mid tier given where you have 100 here. So uh, that's right. But I mean, this guy is um, one of the few that we've talked about that's actually well that I believe is tied to a good quarterback. Some may uh, argue that at this point, but I Deshaun Watson, I expect to bounce back this year. And I mm. like Elijah Moore on that team at wide receiver 40. Uh, he had, you know, he had a, a pretty much lost season last year uh, with the trash that the Jets had at quarterback. Um, and, you know, Garrett Wilson came in and Garrett Wilson is a better receiver. And he he, he proved that. But uh, Elijah Moore had had, had had like a month, six week stretch with some trash quarterbacks where he looked like. He just was popping out like gangbusters there. So um, he looked like a wide receiver one. So I I like the idea of Elijah Moore. And again, more of his guy, like rather than go send a second for him, try and get him included in trades or something like yeah. that. Uh, because I don't think people are thinking that much about him. Uh, and, you know, Amari Cooper is there. I get that. Uh, but he is, uh, what, 30 now or approaching 30? And, Might as well be. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and even if Amari Cooper does well, I mean, if uh, Watson is going to bounce back, like I 
think he will and look more like Deshaun Watson we saw before all the stuff happened. Um, those 4,000 to 4,500 yards have to go somewhere if he, if he has a similar mm. type season to what he's had in the past. Uh, if he's horrible, then, 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 then this probably goes to hell. But I expect that now that we, you know, he's gotten game play, you know, games played under his belt. Uh, he's got a, a normal off season that he's, I think we're going to see something more like the Deshaun Watson of the past and uh, maybe not quite uh, as high statistically, but, but a lot closer than what we saw last season. So uh, I like taking the shot on Elijah Moore. Still young too. So if he has a good season, that value is going to skyrocket. Well, and again, Elijah Moore is just an, a new scenery. Maybe that's all he needed to kind of show his talent too. I think that's exactly right. John, what do you think about Elijah Moore this year? Are you in or are you out? Well, it, to go back to kind of what Rocky said, like talking about Deshaun Watson back in the day, when uh, Deshaun Watson was putting up those QB5 finished seasons, he was doing so with DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. He was supporting two fantasy viable wide receivers. So there is a path. If if Watson does return to, say, 85% of what Watson used to be, um, then there's room in this offense for someone like Elijah Moore to operate at a, at a fairly good good level, and you're right. If he's throwing four or 5,000 yards, they got to go to someone, and I think Elijah Moore is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's oh. ready to show you know New York, like, hey, th- you should have given this a chance. Yeah, I agree, and I think if Elijah Moore was still in New York, Aaron Rodgers would be happier because, honestly, without, without Garrett Wilson, it goes to, like, Randall Cobb real quick, and that's a hell of a <laughs> drop-off, you know? I, I'm, I'm not saying that they're regretting that that move, but – Man, that, that receiver court. Alan Lazard's not your next sleeper, Andrew. Yeah. No, sir. So, <laughs> no, Lazard's uh, not your I was just gonna say the same thing. Good, good, good thinking, Rocky. You guys are on the same page. And no, I am not a Lazard fan. I'm maybe a Cobb fan, I guess. He's not even on this list, I don't think. Like that's is man, he's on waivers in a bunch of leagues, I know. Uh, but no, I wanted to say this about Elijah Moore. I mean, Amari Cooper is wide receiver 30 right now. That feels embarrassing to me. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's the disrespect, you know, like just I get not wanting to draft Deshaun Watson for some of the off the field stuff and you don't like it and it's grimy. Okay, fine. I'm okay drafting Amari Cooper. I don't know why he's down at a right receiver 30. Like we're talking about his age fair, but I'm just saying we're talking about Elijah Moore possibly getting a thousand yards. Like Amari Cooper is going to get a thousand yards without even blinking. Like that to me is like a no brainer in my mind. Like he might go for 1500. You know what I'm saying? Like at wide receiver 30, he's going just behind Traylon Burks and just ahead of Zay Flowers, two guys that haven't proven anything. Like, give me Amari Cooper all day. That seems bonkers to me. So, and again, I think Elijah Moore is a great pick for this as a sleeper. Um, I don't mind it at all. And I'm not going to pick Alan Lazard. I, I got a couple of names I, I could talk about. We talked about Cortland Sutton earlier. I don't need to get into why I think he's a sleeper. But I'm going to go higher because I feel like I, I don't want to leave Rocky as the only one up here at the top. Um, I guess I'm kind of curious. It, it's it's interesting because I'm a Bengals fan. I know I'm biased. Is T. Higgins a wide receiver 13, a sleeper to anybody? Does that feel like, is that too high? Is that not high enough? Because I feel like there are definitely people that would consider that a bust. And I guess I just want to talk about this as a quote unquote sleeper. Is there a world where he and Chase are both top 10, top eight kind of receivers? Now, granted, 13 to 10 isn't that big of a leap, right? But at that level, it could be. Um, but he's going behind Cooper Cup, which I know we're going to talk about at some point here tonight. Stephon Diggs, Devonta Smith, and then T. Higgins at 13. I mean, I know it's, it's again, it's risky having a second receiver on the, the offense and all this, but I don't know. I'm still kind of in on Higgins. Is that my bias showing, John, or is that something you kind of have a vibe with too, or am I ridiculous? I love T. Higgins. So, no, I don't think you're being ridiculous, and he's not the only second receiver off a team to land in the top 12, 
I mean, he's at 13. Devonta's right there at, at 12, and AJ Brown is up at four. So there's two sets of these right here, and yep. a couple that aren't far off. So yeah, I I do I like T Higgins, and the, the thing is, is T Higgins is going to produce with Jamar Chase. If something happens to Jamar Chase, T Higgins is a stud with a capital F. Okay, <laughs> I like so that. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I like the price point there. I don't mind that price point at all. I don't know that I would necessarily qualify it as a sleeper because I do think there's things that have to happen for him to really take off to outperform that. But I do think he's going in a, in a good range to perform better than cost. Well, I'm looking at it too. Like I would, I would rather have him over Hill, Cup, Diggs, and Smith myself right now. I just, I feel like, again, I, I, maybe me my bias showing, but I feel like Higgins as a top ten makes sense to me. Rocky, what are your thoughts on Higgins? Am I ridiculous calling him a sleeper, which is entirely fair, or do you kind of get where I'm coming from? I, I don't want to use the word ridiculous, but I, I calling him a sleeper is is a little much to me, just because he is at thirteen, and I. I have a hard time seeing him go up that much from there. I, I expect him to perform well, uh, but I I think he's always, even just if you're talking value, like in Dynasty, I just think the fact that Chase is there, it's going to be hard for him, for the market to ever value him much higher than 12 or 13 uh, while Chase is on this, you know, in the same receiver room. So, uh, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be, you know, he's he'll be what he's been in the past, where he'll he'll go off some games. Uh, Chase will go off some games, and they'll both look pretty good at the end of the season. But I just kind of think he's more properly valued at thirteen, basically. Entirely fair. Yeah, and again, after going with Thielen at eighty-five, I figured I'd go with my quote-unquote biggest sleeper, as in top <laughs> sleeper, not a sleeper at all. But also, <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a hot take that's not a hot take, which is what makes it so fun. Um, I think, are there any other sleepers, any other players you guys want to bring up before we get into bus? I know there's a hundred names on this list. They can't all be sleepers, but is there anyone else that you feel like you wanted to mention before we move on? Are we good? I'm good. I think we're good. I'm good. Everybody can be a sleeper at the right price, right? That's the whole point. So let's move into our, our next segment here, which is the bus. Um, bust again is an interesting term. How do you define it? What are your thoughts? Why do you call it a bust? I mean, there's really no wrong way here. But again, if we just go with the general thought of a bust is someone you'd rather not draft at that price. Maybe that's the easiest way to generalize this. Uh, Rocky, I want to kick it back to you first. What would you pick as one of these guys on this list that you would consider a bust or what's someone you feel like you're, you're kind of out on or you don't have any rostered or anybody rostered on your leagues? Uh, this probably won't come as a major surprise for people who heard me talk about him when he came out as a rookie. Uh, I did not want to go... With the older guys, to me, are kind of easier to 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 go with. I I wanted to try and pick a younger guy, uh, so I'm gonna say Drake London. I know people Ooh. love Drake London, um, and I just have worries about. I have worries about Desmond Ritter. Uh, I have worries about Arthur Smith and his love for running the ball, and then they just drafted Bijan Robinson and still have Tyler Ajir on the roster. That that could be a very run heavy offense. And uh, I still, you know, I have worries about the, you know, what the target share is going to be to go around with Kyle Pitts. Although 
Smith seems to also hate Kyle Pitts, so maybe maybe I should worry more about Pitts than London. But um, Ritter and Smith are the big concerns for me. I'm not saying London's not talented, but I was never as high on him as everyone else was when he came out. Um, I think he's good, not great. And if he has a subpar season, I do not think he will be wide receiver 14 next year. And I think that's very possible with the addition of Bijan um, and, and just – I am. I do not like Ritter at all. So I'm very worried about how that that passing offense will be in general. And, and Smith may want to run the ball just to to hide Ritter a little more anyway, especially because they could be competitive. So just because that division is a dumpster fire, so um, yeah. they they might want to try and hide Ritter as much as possible, win games with uh, Bijan and Algier, and 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 not. You know, I would. I expect the passing volume to be pretty low there. So uh, yeah, that, I'm more of a. What it comes down to for me. Well, I'm more of a London fan than a London hater, but I don't mind your logic. I think you're entirely right. There are definitely some question marks with London. And kind of like what we talked about with Higgins at 13, how much higher can Drake London really get? You know, like if we're getting him at 14, which I think is actually pretty valued, that's valued appropriately, like it's pretty accurate to me. I don't know if if he's going to be a top 10 receiver. I mean, in Dynasty, that's asking a lot because there's a lot of really good receivers up there and you're having to bump somebody out. And it's like, can Ritter actually, you know, satisfy a top 10 receiver i'm not sure john what are your thoughts on drake london i've got to say i was a little surprised to hear that but then as rocky kind of went through it i'm like no i i can understand where you're coming from i still think london is priced close to appropriate um i mean there's some people there that i would probably take over him in that range but uh, at the same time, you make some valid points. There, there is a lot to be concerned about with this offense, and and you were correct in mentioning Arthur Smith as part of your concern list because we're well aware of what he can do to to defy what we view as rational coaching. Yeah. So, so yeah, with those things in mind, I can I can see the the point you're making, and and there's some validity there. Yeah, and to yeah. me, it's I just kind of it's really I think how. A little bit how Andrew framed it at the at the top, where I I do not want to pay the price, even if that's the appropriate price, given the way we treat young players and given a lot of people's evaluation of his talent. I don't want to. But to me, that's too risky of a price uh, for me, I, just because I'm not as big of a believer. Again, not that I think he's an awful player. I just uh, I was a little lower coming out, and there's just so much situationally that bothers me there, and I I could definitely see. I could see him being worth less than he is now by the end of the year because he doesn't perform up to expectations. That's yeah, kind of how I, I was looking at it. I think it's more the price. Again, it's, you just don't like the price. Wide receiver 14 just feels too rich. If, if Drake London was yes. wide receiver 24, you'd be in. You're yeah, like, all right, definitely. I'll take that. That sounds great. But yeah, 14 is maybe his ceiling. And that's where you're like, yeah, I don't think he's going to meet that. And then if I'm paying that price, I, I kind of need him to meet that because that's a lot of asset you're putting in there. Uh, my first bust in the list is kind of going to maybe partner up with what I said before, where, where it's Debo Samuel. Honestly, Debo at wide receiver 18, as much as I like Ayuk at 23, I'm, I'm nervous about Debo at 18. And kind of like what I said, too, like Ayuk is an ascending asset. I think his ceiling is higher than Debo. His his future might be longer. Debo's had some injury issues, and there's a lot of question marks around that. And then, like, obviously, that team is is in a transitional spot. Maybe that's the nicest way to put it, where – they're not they're not what Trey Lance any ever, I guess, to be honest with you. They're they're going into this Brock Party situation. Mr. Irrelevant, he might not be there that long. It makes me nervous. And if I'm Debo Samuel, I'm looking at this like it's now or never. Like I it's it's shit or get off the pot. You know, like we got to make something happen this year because 
he had that, it was it 2020. He had that great year, like phenomenal year where he had like 1200 yards or something. And then it just feels like the last two years have just been underwhelming and wide receiver 18. I don't want underwhelming. Like that's the last thing I want to get. And I do think his ceiling may be higher than that, but I think his floor is way lower than that. And that's what makes me nervous is that, you know, Debo is one foot injury away from missing six games. And at that point I'm scrambling on my waiver wires, trying to put up somebody and, you know, find somebody even in dynasty that may be on my bench that I can fill in. I just, I don't like that. So for me, Debo is a guy that I just find myself passing on every time it comes around. I'm like, do I pick Debo or Christian Watson? Watson. Do I pick Debo or Jordan Addison? Addison. Do I pick Debo or Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin. Like every time there's a decision, I'm just not picking Debo. And then somebody else takes him. And I'm like, ooh, that's one less person for me to pick. But I know, Rocky, you were talking about Ayuk. But I mean, are you thinking the same as me that Debo might be a bust? Or is that still a little bit harsh for you, maybe? Uh, I think I would. Yeah, I don't think that's too harsh, actually. I, I never know. I, I don't know what to make of Debo, actually. Like, I, we we saw what he did a couple of years ago and it was amazing. Uh, a lot of that was uh, buoyed by the the uh, the rushing that they they the, the run the carries they gave him over the second half of the season, especially. Uh, so, and like I said, I I am more of an Ayuk guy now, and the fact that you can get in on that offense to, it, it, at the receiver position around late. I mean, why would I want to take Debo? So, right. uh, you know, basically a round or so later, given the difference in ADP, you can probably get Ayuk. I'd rather just get Ayuk a little cheaper if we're talking a startup. Um, it's funny, though. It's funny how it's ADP. I, I do not think you're necessarily getting Ayuk cheaper uh, in a trade. Well, no, and that's a fair point. I was just going to say, if it was Debo or Ayuk, which side deserves the third? You know, which side deserves the extra piece? Like something little to make this move happen, you know? I think more people would want something added to Debo than added to to, I was going to say, it's whoever's sending it. Whichever the two you're sending (laughs) is going to require that extra piece to pry that other person away. You know what I mean? It's just that's how weird and close these two are. John, what are your thoughts on Debo Samuel before you get into your bus to the first list here? Well, the the fact is, that at wide receiver, what are we at? 18 and wide receiver yeah. 23 and CMC is RB one to three, somewhere in that range. Someone's going to bust. It's Brock yeah. Purdy. It's not Justin Herbert. This yeah. isn't a highly drafted, like he can play the dink and dunk game and he can manage the offense, but is anybody expecting him to roll out a 4,500 yard season? The answer is no. Um, so someone is going to bust. So, is that Debo? Is that Ayuk? Is that Kittle? I mean, there's there's a bunch of question marks there, but Debo's a lot of Debo's value, and uh, Rocky kind of mentioned it too, was buoyed by carries and touchdowns that that he got on the ground, which he's not going to get with CMC in town. They're going to try to, you know, filter all that through CMC now. So it does create more risk to bust with a reduced workload. So he he is the leading candidate of that group that I think has the biggest potential to bust outside of CMC is also the most expensive. So it's just, that's the easiest to bust. If you get the most value, you get the most way to fall to zero, you know, like it's kind of my logic on that too. So John, which one was, uh, what would be your first bus candidate on this list of 100 receivers? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I want to preface this and I know I talked to you guys about it backstage before we came on. I don't want anybody to think that the news today influenced this. I wrote all, I wrote all my notes for this stuff. a a day and a half ago uh it's cooper cup um and as much as i love cooper cup and know what he's capable of in the field this is a two-fold concern it's not just cooper cup it's also matthew stafford Mm. uh cooper cup is going off as wide receiver 10 right now 
Um, and he's got more, among the highest ceiling of any of all these receivers in football. We saw it last year before he got injured. He still finished with more PPR points per game than Justin Jefferson was by a small margin, but he was doing it. Um, now we're, we're looking at uh, Matthew Stafford, who's coming off a spinal cord contusion. If those words don't frighten you, you haven't watched enough House, Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> or ER. Okay? Yeah. He's 35 years old. This injury has long-term implications and heightened risks of causing further re-aggravation and or damage to extremities. That's not what you want for someone who relies on his tinglys. Okay? <laughs> so you've got an injury risk from Matthew Stafford. And I was, and today's news kind of factored into exactly what I wrote down. Cup is 30 years old. He had a, a high ankle sprain that required tightrope surgery. Again, if you're not familiar with tightrope surgery, I'm going to refer you to House or Scrubs. Um, <laughs> and then he he had a, a hamstring injury that he suffered on August 1st, and it, news came out today that he re-aggravated it, and now he's behind schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have to worry about all those things. And at wide receiver 10, ouch. That 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 concerns me quite a bit. Yeah, totally makes sense. And I think too, with this new injury on Cup, I feel it gives a lot of people that were excited about Cup, and myself included, I was excited to see him come back. And I feel like the the main one of the main reasons I was excited about Cup was kind of like what we said about these other quarterbacks. Like, you you don't think Stafford's going to throw for three thousand yards, and you don't think a Cup is going to get half of those because who else is there? You know, Van Jefferson, Pukunakua, like maybe Tyler Higby gets some yardage, and maybe Cam Akers, like. Again, it's more of just because of the funnel. I like the opportunity, right? But sure. Cup has now an injury history, and, and that's that's risky in a sense that, like, I don't like that. And, again, at Cooper Cup at wide receiver 10 in Dynasty, have we not learned our lesson on this? Like, he, he just feels like one of those guys that's on the decline. He's, he's over that age apex in a sense. And I don't hate the player. I hate the price. You know, like, yeah. 10 is just too high for me. Rocky, what are your thoughts on Cooper Cup? I think you both pretty much summed it up pretty well. I, I agree with you uh, that it's it's tough to take that gamble. And I think the big thing John uh, pointed out is that you're you're taking the gamble really on two guys, uh, on Stafford yeah. and Cup, uh, and both could have you know have reasons to have health concerns going into this year. Both are older players. Both are coming off major injuries. Uh, and as we said, we've just found out that you know that cup has uh, re-aggravated his injury. So, uh, but even before that, there was reason to be concerned. So uh, yeah. yeah, I just want to agree with you guys and just stress that the, the, the idea that you're actually, you know, if you're taking the, the shot on cup, you have to depend on cup to stay healthy and Stafford to stay healthy and both to, to perform at the previous levels, which is to me kind of a big risk. And it's a risky move for sure. I'll get into my second bus. Then I, the, there are some different names that I could pick and there's some definitely lots of options. I mean, Again, it depends a little bit on how you define bust, right? But the one that I keep finding myself, just like Debo, that I keep finding myself not drafting is Calvin Ridley. I mean, wide receiver 21, I feel like is is hopium incarnate. Like this is, Calvin Ridley was gone for a whole year. I mean, obviously that's not, he wasn't like hurt or anything. He wasn't in any way damaged. It was more of a off the field thing with the gambling and all this. He comes back wearing the jersey zero and I'm worried that's his floor. You know, like just, I'm just terrified that he's not going to put it together. And I think Christian Kirk is kind of another sleeper option I thought about, but I didn't want to spend all my time on, on the Jaguars. But Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver 21, just feels like we, we didn't even miss a beat. And he's on a new offense. He's had a year off. He's a year older. There's a lot of question marks if he's going to be the top asset there. We saw Trevor Lawrence 
really, in all honesty, do well with uh, with Christian Kirk last year. And in my head, too, it's like, why why are we drafting Ridley ahead of Kirk? I mean, Christian Kirk is wide receiver 35. I don't quite follow that. Like, I don't know what happened in the world where all of a sudden Ridley is the wide receiver one. I, I just don't follow that. So, again, I hate the price, not the player. I think Ridley's a terrific player. I hope he comes back. I hope that this works. But I don't like drafting hope at 21. Like, that's a lot of asset value that you have to put into – a guy that you haven't seen play football in a while and might not be the same guy we saw. So I'd rather have Kirk at his price than Ridley at his Rocky. What do you think? Am I crazy on this one? Or do you agree with me here? Yeah, I, I tend to think they're going to try and make Ridley the guy, but I see what you're saying in that um, it's almost a full two years out of the league at this point. Yeah. 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 He he had he kind of left to, for mental health reasons uh, fairly yeah. early two years ago in the season, and then had the whole year suspension. So, uh, I I find it I also find it hard to believe we're just going to see like primo Calvin Ridley now, uh, you know, a couple years older and not having played for two seasons. So, uh, I'm very interested to see how that does break down. I, I, I like I said, I think they might try and uh, get get him more targets than anyone else there, but I just I don't know if he's going to be the same player he was, and uh, I think I don't know if I would call I don't know if he's going to be a bust. I still could see him even not living up to expectations, but still being wide receiver two ish, which is kind of what the range he's in here. Uh, but I, I definitely see the potential there for it to just totally, uh, you know, to totally bomb if he if he's just not the same player he was with two years uh, out of the league, basically. John, what do you think about these Jacksonville receivers? Are you in or out on Ridley at twenty one? At twenty one, I'm I'm gonna let someone else assume the risk. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in the same vein as you. Like I'm obviously very concerned about someone that hasn't played. Uh, the game at game speed versus, you know, big, fast corners um, in, in two years. Had, had the camp videos looked awesome? Yes. Do I remember him being wide receiver? What was it? Five. The yeah. last, you know, full season he played. Like, I love all that. And that's great. And I'm rooting for him. But I'm rooting for him. And not, But not at that price. So I'm not rooting, rooting for, for him on someone else's team. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the people that that I would have considered for this conversation because it's just like you said it's the price it's not him I want to see him do well um I, I'm not investing a wide receiver 21 cost well ultimately too I'd, I'd rather wait a couple of weeks in the season when I think his value may drop a little more because people have that hopium that wears off right everybody's the what have you done for me lately and again like like you said Rocky almost two years right almost two years out of the league it's very possible that he struggles out of the gate and whoever has really at this moment is maybe a contending team and is not happy with that scoring and doesn't want him on the bench because they spent so much to get him. I mean, hell, there were conversations that he was going for a first in some places earlier this offseason. I mean, that's that's insane to me. Like, I, I don't I'm not willing to, to spend that kind of draft capital on a player that may not play long or again, I'm, I'm not trying to say this is a negative. We all have our own issues and mental health issues. And again, him coming back to the game might be good for him. It might not be. I mean, there, there is an entirely possible situation where he comes back, gets back in the rhythm, and it starts to be like, man, this is exactly what I didn't like. I mean, I triggers are triggers, man. It, it, you can't always say, you know, what it's going to be. So I really do hope he – I'm with you, John. I hope he does well. I hope he's awesome. I hope he's wide receiver five. I hope I'm wrong, right? And I, I have no problem at all being wrong. I'm just a dude. What do I know? But I hope Calvin really gets what has gotten, whatever help he needs, and is in a good spot and is mentally ready to tackle this. 
but that's just too many questions in my book. So Rocky, what's your other bust for this list? What, what other players would you want to pick? Anybody? I, to be honest, I didn't have anyone that really stood out for me. I know we didn't write That's down our, our names before the uh, before the episode, but by definition, I mean bust has to be one of these top end guys. It's usually yeah, you can't put like uh, yeah. Robert Woods as a bust. You yeah, know what I mean? like, exactly. No one cares. Like yeah, of course he is. He's at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't really have one that stuck out to me. Uh, I the one guy on here, I guess maybe a little bit that I'm, I think I'm significantly lower on the most is, uh, but he's, he's further down the list is, is Traylon Burks at wide receiver mm. 29. I thought about uh, him. Yep. Uh, you know, he's had injury issues. Uh, he's, I did like him coming out, but uh, he didn't produce a ton last year. He's got a bad quarterback situation, uh, but they're also probably not going to be bad enough that they get anyone significantly better next year. So, uh, and now he's got DeAndre Hopkins there, which could take coverage off of him, but also could take targets away from him. So uh, I just, I don't know that there's much room uh, to go up here for him. I just, I think it's a bad situation. I think the talent is decent, but uh, I just, I, I don't really think he's ever going to take off and, and, and get much higher than this in terms of value, probably in terms of production either. Uh, yeah. I am not a believer in, in, in Will Levis either. So if, if you're telling me Tannehill's going to get benched for Levis, that's not a good thing to me. No, and Traylon Burks <laughs> at wide receiver 29 is is scary in a way. I agree. He's coming off an injury. Obviously, he's very talented, you know. But it's interesting to think back to that draft. Remember, the, the Eagles traded their pick to Tennessee in exchange for A.J. Brown. My God, does that trade look amazing right now? Like that, that trade just looks like a slam dunk. You know what I mean? Not even fantasy related, just NFL related. That's yeah. what a difference those two players are. John, what are your thoughts on, uh, on wide receiver 29, Traylon Burks? Are you in or are you out at that price? So I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm going to try to be as objective as possible. But for those of you who don't know, Razorback. So um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a little bit of that going on here. Um, I was disappointed. I had obviously big expectations for Traylon Burks coming in, especially to fill a role, right? They shipped AJ Brown and brought in Traylon Burks, someone that, you know, from a physical standpoint, from a talent standpoint, uh, you know, could have operated in a similar fashion. I'm not going to say the same because AJ Brown is a specimen, but, um, but he disappointed and um, I got all excited for all the good stuff out of camp and how comfortable he looks in the offense and every puff piece that came out. And then he ends up hurt and they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. And you're right. That could lead to softer coverage. And that's a good thing, but it's still taking targets away. It's still a low volume passing. However, the flip side to that is there's no one else to throw to. You got yep. those two guys. You're not throwing to the running back. Tight end is still like up in the air question mark. And remember, I mean, Kyle Phillips went to IR. So that's right. Kyle Phillips went to <laughs> IR. Like, yeah, they they're literally throwing the bums that were outside the stadium that morning. So, yeah, I I don't like the price tag. All that being said, I want to be optimistic for Traylon Burks because he's a Razorback, a former Razorback, and and I do think he's a talented receiver. Wide receiver twenty nine is is maybe a few spots higher than I want to take him, but um, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful he has a good season, turns things around and shows a little bit of what made him such a fun guy to watch when he was a Razorback. 
I just like yeah. to say, I hope he, I hope he does too. Cause I, it, I, you know, I talked about London before I, I had him uh, higher than London when they, when they were coming out. So uh, I think I had Burks as like my wide receiver two or three and London was like four or five. So uh, I, I hope you're right. And I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> well, again, it's, it's always the price, not the player. I hope the right. player is great. I hope the player kicks ass. I hope he does great and, and is a terrific player this year and, and does all the things he wants to do. But in fantasy football and dynasty football, that price is just a little steep. I'm right there with you. John, who is your second bust before we move on in the show tonight? Who, do, who else do you think is a little overrated here tonight? Michael Pittman, uh, wide receiver Ooh, 26. Um, oh. I just, I've never been fully on board with Michael Pittman. I, he's better than just a guy for sure. Um, but does he belong in the same conversation with Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin? Like, I feel like he's the odd man out. It's like Sesame Street. One of these things doesn't look like the other. So at the price point, they've got a, they're starting a rookie quarterback um, that is prone to take off running. And can, can we say he has some accuracy issues that he's working on? Is that fair assessment? So Michael Pittman has, has survived on volume and that volume is going to, really shift because the the handful of games I've watched from Anthony Richardson, he's not looking short to intermediate. He's looking to take off running or chuck it deep. It it takes away kind of that intermediate section of the field, which is something he's going to have to learn. But I don't see Michael Pittman producing in a fashion to pay for his wide receiver 26 price tag. Yeah, Pittman was, was on my short list too. Rocky, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that choice. Uh, yeah. It, it, the thing that pops into my head, too, is uh, J.J. Zacharyson has done uh, has mentioned many times about the difficulties of wide receivers, um, if you listen to his podcast, um, dealing with rookie quarterbacks, regardless of how, how, how decent of a prospect they are coming out of college. And I, as John kind of alluded to, Richardson is not the most polished passing prospect coming out of college. A lot of upside. Um, but I'm not expecting that to really pan out in year one from a passing perspective. So uh, I, I just think Pittman is going to be a huge disappointment uh, this year specifically. I, I just think it's going to maybe uh, if Richardson can kind of grow into the role, he's kind he's a little more raw as a passer, uh, maybe down the road. But uh, and then at that point, you're getting to the point where everyone's complaining Michael like, Pittman's too old anyway. Because <laughs> he's yeah, going to be 27 right. or 28. Yeah. Can't win them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Pittman is an interesting one because I, I love the talent in spurts. Like there are times where he makes plays and I'm like, oh, oh, that's the guy. But I don't see it consistently enough. And it just makes me worried with that. Like, again, with a running, running, running quarterback, rookie especially. It's like, and then Jonathan Taylor not being there. Like this offense just could be a dud a little bit. I mean, again, we've been saying it all night, right? If, if Anthony Richardson's going to throw for 3,000 yards, who's catching those yards? It's probably Pittman, I guess. You got Josh Downs, the rookie, and Alec Pierce. Like, someone's going to have to catch these. Maybe Mo Alley Cox. But it just, like, I, I guess I get it. But, again, it, there's too many question marks for wide receiver 26. That price just feels too steep. I'm right there with you. Is there anybody else you guys want to mention, or do you think we've covered enough of the negative on this and we're ready to move along? I, I'm good. I think we've done a pretty good job of this. Yeah, I'm, I think we're good. I, I think we're good. Perfect. All right, so – Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to move on to the trade. We did have a trade 
in uh, in Dynasty Junkies one. Rocky, I'm not even sure if you saw this. I accepted it. It was our team. I did see it. Yeah. Uh, so we we were uh, given it's a massive Tyler- massive deal we made here. Look out, buddy. This is a this is a league breaker. <laughs> we were given Tyler Huntley in exchange for Daniel Bellinger. I, I took that because I'm like, well, a QB versus a tight end, I'll take Tyler Huntley. And we have Lamar Jackson in that league, so it's kind of like a handcuff, I guess. But also, Huntley could get some play at some point. I don't know. You never know. Lamar Jackson might just want to sit again. It's the only trade of the week. Pretty weak week compared to other weeks. But also, I just wanted to make sure you were aware of it, Rocky, because I accepted it. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm glad you, you No real reason to get into it. I just wanted I to mention it. I wasn't aware of it initially until I looked. I was looking at our roster the other day, and then I was like, oh, he actually accepted that trade. <laughs> yeah, I figured why not. We need some content. So let's move ahead then to our final segment of the night. I know we're getting already over an hour tonight. Uh, we're going to move into the Find Me a Trade segment. This one is submitted by listener Adam Savage at Sav8524891. I don't know what the numbers are, but I love it. Uh, he is a, it, the league is the Fumble Brewski League. Uh, it's a 12 team PPR, half tight end premium extra with a super flex spot. So it's start 10, one QB, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, two flex, and a super flex. And Rocky, if you want to start reading off some of his notes there, I don't know if you need to read the whole thing, but kind of chunk through that if you want while I bring up the roster. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Adam says that they're uh, entering three year, year three of the league. Excuse me. Uh, it was his first dynasty league, made some bad decisions during the startup. Uh, but the league has a three-year uh, champion uh, kind of scoring system where they get a payout um, based off of uh, playoff wins and championships. And he's made the playoff a couple times, and he's second in points for that. Um, so he's thinking about possibly going for this year since his team is already older anyway. Um, so he says QBs is w- are weak as well as, uh, as RB depth. Uh, and then it's pretty much a four-way race for the championship this year between him and, and a few other guys. It will definitely take some luck to get there, just not sure what direction to go. Uh, so it looks like he's kind of leaning towards wanting to kind of go for it to get that. Uh, it sounds like if he, if he were to win the championship this year, he'd get that three-year pot. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of trying to, I think, look to go more into win this year uh, than anything. But uh, that's yeah. basically where he's at. I do think he's a contender, and we'll kind of get through the team real quick here. So he's got Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback. I mean, those are three middling, maybe QB2 kind of options, but I still think there's some options there to win. I think you could maybe push that in. Daniel Jones might be the best of the bunch. Uh, Running back, he's got the aforementioned Jonathan Taylor, what we talked about a lot. Uh, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Elijah Dotson, Latavius Murray, Zeke Elliott, Deion Jackson, who's backing up Taylor. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, some other guys. I mean, again, I don't hate it, but I'm not really wowed by it. Oh, he's got Michael Carter to go with Hall. Uh, receivers, he's got Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Mike Williams, Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson, Devonta Smith, Josh Palmer, Tyler Scott, Xavier Hutchinson. Pretty good mix of receivers there. And at tight end, the one and only Travis Kelsey, it's all you need, and Mike Gesicki. Uh, I want to kick it to you first, John. What do you think of this team and what trade or, or kind of where were your thoughts when you saw this team what kind of trade would you want to make if you had this roster well i think it's it's important to point out um that he's traded some assets to get there and i don't have it up on my screen but he doesn't have a uh pick um until 25 if i remember correct he's missing his entire 24 fleet yep yep. right so we're, we're working with limited assets so we we've got to operate with that. And I do want to point something out. And we talked about this a little bit backstage before we came on Um, handcuffing in, especially in dynasty is you can do it a couple different ways. And and people do 
uh, operate at different ways. But one of the things I, I don't like here because it's clogging is we have two sets in the running back room. We have two sets of handcuffs, right? We've got Michael Carter and Brees Hall, and we've got Jonathan Taylor, and we've got uh, Deion Jackson. And I understand the idea is like, oh, if Jonathan Taylor goes down, I can insert Deion Jackson. That's fine. We've got two sets of those. So you've got four roster spots being uh, held down by only two of them are going to start. So you're 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 conceptually missing two uh, roster spots there. I do that differently. Um, I'm one that if I'm going to back up a running back, I will back up one of my running backs. But I'm more likely to take someone else's handcuff. Uh, for trade value purposes, for um, if I've got a good running back and then someone else's good running back goes down, I now have two good starters versus it took me missing one to have one become a starter. And that's what I mean by missing those roster spots. So I, I don't I'm not crazy about that aspect. Um, and the, the asset thing is going to be different, too. So what I think should be done here, if he really wants to go all in, is look for the boring players you can get on the cheap. Um, boring, productive players, the Adam Thielens, the, uh, this is kind of gross, but I'm going to say it. I was actually tweeting about it earlier. Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby is one of the cheapest 85 to 90 target, uh, players you can get. Um, and with, with not much else in the receiving option room, those are, those are the kind of players I would be targeting because you don't have the draft capital to go get a bunch of studs. Yep. No, I love that logic. And I was just circling Tyler Higby here on the screen is by the manager blind, which I'm, it's an interesting name to have, but he's also got Mark Andrews. So whoever, the Higby manager there doesn't necessarily need Higby. And I think that's a terrific idea too, to fill a, a flex spot, which you have, uh, I think it's two flex spots, right? So three receivers, two flex, like you've got some options for tight end and a tight end premium that Tyler Higby, you're right. Silent, but deadly. I honestly, I love it. <laughs> uh, Rocky, what kind of a trade did you come up with for our buddy Adam? here? Okay. So, I think I did something to this uh, maybe a few couple months ago, something similar to this, where uh, kind of not a straightforward trade where I I agree he should be going for it. But what I did was I put this on the sheet. I was going for the points when it totally seems like I'm doing the opposite. But uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, and I'm trading him to I guess it's Drubles 13 mm-hmm. uh, for a 24 first and a 24 second. And my thinking there, though, is kind of like a, a cascading trade type of thing where not everyone's going to want Taylor. This guy might not want Taylor, so maybe you don't get this done, but he has two firsts and three seconds. Uh, you got to find kind of the, sort of the right kind of team to take Taylor. And I thought maybe this might be it because um, he's sort of not really in great shape, but he's also rostering like Alexander Madison and Rashad Penny. So... I don't know what he's thinking here. So maybe he, it doesn't look like he's got in a great spot to contend, but maybe he thinks he can eventually. And he, you know, Taylor's not old yet. Um, and, and, and it is selling low uh, it, depending on where the first and second are valued. Like I would, I would be fine taking like a, a mid to late first and a mid to late second, if that's what the guy wants. Um, and, so, and then my thinking was that he could think he's buying him low and, I don't know that Taylor's value ever goes up if that kind of disaster season happens that we're worried about. And and this way you get out of that worry about it. You're not getting points from him for the first month, at least anyway, possibly more. Uh, And then the idea would be that you then turn the first and second into players. So, you know, you get 
Amari Cooper for a second or, you know, a second plus, or uh, you get somebody value. I, I, I don't have a name off the top of my head, but someone valued at a late first that you can pick yeah. up uh, that will score you points. Uh, and then you turn a guy that's not getting you points for the first month into potentially maybe older, but two point scoring players that first and seconds will, will you don't have to worry if they're going to stub their toe. So uh, right. you'll be able to sell them all season. And uh, again, you might have trouble selling Taylor to, to Dribbles 13, but also, like I said, you're selling low, so he could look at it as I'm buying low and it's worth the shot. Uh, and then you get the points that you can put in your lineup. Well, I, unfortunately, I didn't give him specific names to do afterwards, but do you know, okay. you got to do a little work on your own here too. So, uh, <laughs> so the, but that was what I was thinking that you could then shop around the first and the second. Maybe right away. Maybe you wait and see a month, you know, a, a few weeks into the season, uh, and see who's doing well or, or what you want. Who's who already looks like their team is crap or something like that. Well, but, on that note, that's actually where I went first with this team. Is I saw he had Jonathan Taylor, and I'm like, well, that's who I'm shipping, right? So I looked at who had Kyler Murray. I looked at who had Trey Lance. I looked at who had Jameson Williams. Like some of these guys that are like pure cut, like rebuild roster, you know. Signatories like I can signify with my roster. I know I've got this. Well, the guy that's got uh, Kyler Murray has a bunch of other quarterbacks, so he doesn't really need Kyler Murray. He doesn't really have a ton at running back, so I, I, maybe he's trying to contend. Maybe he's not. His team is looking a little weak. So I'm like, I don't even know if there's really anybody I want on that team outside of a quarterback. Maybe Sam Laporta, which was Chad and Crash. The other one I saw was whoever had Trey Lance. He's got C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, and I mean, like, he doesn't have anybody. His running back room though is Brian or yeah, Brian Robinson, Kendry Miller, Dwayne McBride, like. There's only nobody there. Maybe you could get a receiver out of him. And then I'm looking at his receivers and I'm like, yeah, I don't really want any of those receivers. Maybe Zay Flowers. Like, so just like, it didn't feel like I could find a, a good fit. So I'm glad you were able to at least pick an idea that I didn't think of either. Just like trading for picks and then trade the picks for something. I think that's a good move, like a, a pick and a half, trade and a half kind of a thing. John, what do you think about that? Are you kind of on board with Jonathan Taylor, at least on value for a first and a second, or would you want more? If you honestly, with the, the, the unknown of right now, um, a first and a second is not losing too much for me yeah. to think maybe that's that's worth the especially in a case like this where if you could do something with that and you could take down if you're like what was he saying he was second for the three-year yeah. pot so if you're really trying to make a run for it let's get rid of the unknown let's get some production in here and if you can sell for not too much undervalue then yeah that and turn it into a, a championship then go for it yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's kind of where my trade was in the same mindset. Like, I don't like necessarily trading away future assets in a league that, you know, is one of these three-year cycle things. It is a super flex league, of course. And I agreed where he said his quarterbacks were his weak spot. I would say, well, maybe that's where I can in maybe increase somewhere and kind of get a difference maker at QB. I know there are some question marks around Joe Burrow. So I'm like, well, maybe I can get Joe Burrow in a trade. And maybe people are still kind of, un you know, concerned, I guess, or uncertain about his future. So my trade was with Tyler Gerking. Uh, it was going to be sending Daniel Jones, Stephon Diggs, and your own 25 first for Joe Burrow and Cortland Sutton. Now, I think this might still, you know, might need another piece. It might be overselling. It's kind of hard to say. Every league is different. But Daniel Jones is kind of on the upswing right now. A lot of people seem to like him. Stephon Diggs is definitely a top 10 receiver in most situations, as we just talked about. I don't think he's a bust. And then adding that 25 first, again, kind of gives the guy an out to be like, all right, well, I'm downgrading at QB, but I'm upgrading at receiver and I get a first out of it. And giving up Burrow and Sutton, I think Burrow is obviously going to be your main starter on this, but that gives you Burrow, Carr, and Stafford. 
I think Sutton slots into this scene pretty well. You've still got Devonta Smith and Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Like you've still got some point scorers. I just feel like I would rather have the stability of Joe Burrow than the maybe stability of Stefan Diggs. And then giving up your first, it might be a little heavy. Maybe you only have to give up your second, or I guess you don't have it. So it'd be a third, or maybe you don't give up pick, a pick at all. Maybe you can kind of pull this off with just Stefan Diggs and Daniel Jones. Who knows? But that was kind of where my brain went to try to get an upgrade somewhere. Uh, Rocky, what do you think? Am I way off base or does that seem like a fair trade to you for Joe Burrow? Um, I, I, I think for a lot of people that might be a little light just because of how highly we value those top four to five guys. Sure. Uh, especially with it being a 25 first, maybe if it was a 24 yeah. first. Uh, and, uh, looking at it, though, he – uh, if this matters to him, he does not have a 25 first, so it might help in that regard. Oh, you um, mean uh, Gherking doesn't? Yes. Yeah, that's a fair yeah. point. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much he cares about that because it's still two years down the road. Um, but I do kind of also uh, just this coincidentally, I don't even know if you were thinking of this when it when you when you made the deal, but uh, Cooper Cup he has too. So mm. uh, that actually could help if you're striking right now. Uh, if I get the, if I can get this podcast out by like tomorrow and you hear this, <laughs> uh, well, I guess in the next week or two, I'll tag uh, him on Twitter. It's live yeah. on there. He can there lose this in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So and uh, you know he's got other older receivers too. Potentially more likely to be injury prone. I guess Diggs is up <laughs> up in age too. But uh, I think with the cup injury, it could only help this deal. Uh, and, and Diggs, I mean, Diggs is quite an add-on to, to to Jones to try and do this, and, and the first doesn't hurt. Uh, I will say I did kind of look at quarterback. I, I would actually, you know, you know me. I would be okay oh. going in with these quarterbacks. Of course you would. Um, especially with three of them. I think all three – I like having three guys that I think all can potentially produce, even if they're mid-range guys, uh, and you can kind of rotate them and see who's doing well, see matchups, things like that. Uh, obviously, none of them is really QB1 material, but I think he could be fine here with the uh, with, with the rest of the roster if it's good enough. Uh, and like I said, that's kind of what I was looking at, was trying to upgrade the rest of the roster but i totally get i did look at quarterback too i just didn't find anything that i loved trying to, to well, do with that the other thing is tyler gherking only has josh allen and joe burrow i feel like maybe he could use a little depth somewhere else and maybe he could you know maybe make a trade for two of these quarterbacks or something like maybe you trade daniel jones and Derek carr for burrow or something maybe you come up with a trade like that to give that guy three but then you're stuck with two so i didn't really want to do that like that, that felt a little risky to me i like having three of these instead of the other two uh the other thing is you know there is some logic in saying, and DTC actually backs this up a little bit. Joe Burrow, and in their calculator again, it's just one asset, it's one tool in the toolbox. But DTC has Burrow at sixty-five point six, which is a hell of a lot. But if you do the twenty-five first, Daniel Jones and Stephon Diggs, and it's at sixty-three point nine, so it's pretty close value-wise. Not again, not that that's the arbiter of truth, but at least it's a close enough idea. That's without Sutton. So my thought was I would send it with Sutton, and then if they decline, send it without Sutton and see what they say. Right? Some people are really high on him this year. And sometimes I've done this too, where it's like, I send the offer. It's a little bit, it's not a big deal difference, but if I remove a piece, then that guy immediately feels like, oh, now that's more in line with my value. So it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a mirage. It's not like I'm faking him out, but it's like, if I send that a little heavier and I just remove that other piece I'm asking for, sometimes that's to be like, all right, that's better. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that can not trick somebody, but make it feel like an easier thing to digest. But John, what do you think about this trade and just in general about acquiring a better QB for this team? 
I love the thought that you guys put into the the trades in this because I'll be honest with you, I struggled to find what I felt like would be mutually beneficial for for both. They're, they're parties. tough sometimes, man. <laughs> yeah, and and because every team there has some some nice pieces, some strong stuff, and and it seems like the teams in this league where they're good, they're great, and where they're not, who, and yeah. <laughs> uh, so that makes it hard to swap my who for your who, and. Uh, <laughs> So analysis, that's yeah, right? <laughs> so the the thought process you guys did into are put into it is is pretty impressive. I I like some of that. I do think trying to to chase quarterback in a super flex or tight end, like you you've got Travis Kelsey, obviously, but yep. um you you need to focus, you need to hone in on those two because your running back room is going to change more consistently than everything else. So don't don't put as much focus in running back. Focus on the stuff you're going to have for a minute. You're going to have some of these tight ends for a while. You're going to have the good quarterbacks you're going to have for a while. So trying to focus in on on those those areas is is the smart way to go, I think, moving forward. Yeah, and I think we gave you some good ideas here, Adam. Hopefully you can go forth and find a trade and maybe you know hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Send us a DM. I know I was sending him some DMs earlier. I don't know if you responded to any of those yet, but Point is, if you can, if you hear this, and if you can come up with something, we love hearing our, our listeners come up and, and come back to us and say, "Here's what I was able to pull off." Uh, I know I was talking with uh, I forget his name from last week. We were talking to and finding some trades, and he was like, "Yeah, they all they shut me down on all of those, you know, just auto rejects." I'm like, "Man, that league is brutal." So you, you never know; every league is different. But that's why I like this exercise and nothing else. It also helps stretch my own brain to be like, "All right, what would I do? Where would I go?" I got a bunch of leagues, and every now and then I do one of these. I'm like, "Oh, I actually have some of these players in this league. Maybe I should make that trade." So. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time. And if you have a league that you guys want us to do for you, you got a team that's struggling or you can't find trades. Obviously, as we enter the season, now gets to be a weird time. But feel free to submit your own team to find me a trade. We have that on our pinned tweet still on Twitter uh, or X, whatever it's called these days. But with that, I think we've done a pretty good job. We're at the 91-minute mark. We've gone really long. As usual, Rocky and I can't shut up. We're just terrific. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for bearing with us on this, John. I guess before we get out of here, where can people find you and what are you up to this season as you work for these guys at these different sites? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever, uh, at John underscore Hesterman. Um, I will have a, a weekly DFS article up for Fantasy Pros. Dynasty content does slow down a little bit for me during the course of the season. Um, and then on on Twitter or X again, um, a lot of times you can catch me Saturday or Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes Sunday morning doing start sit, doing last minute DFS tune up stuff. So find me there. Follow me there. I always want to answer questions. Hit me up. Love it. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know it's been a while. I've talked to you for years and I feel like we just keep missing on, on getting you on. So I'm glad we we're able to make this work. I am uh, too. I am too. I appreciate you guys inviting me. It was a really I good hope time. It was a good time. Was, I think we had some, yeah, we had some, we had some sure. good conversation. Definitely getting into those receivers is always a good time. Uh, definitely follow us on the, on the Twitter or the X. I'm just going to keep calling Twitter at dynasty. Twitter, Junkies. Yeah. Nobody calls it X. Not yet. Anyway, it's on Twitter. Elon. At Dynasty Junkies, you can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore Network, I believe, on Twitter uh, or DAP Network on YouTube. Of course, we go live there most Thursdays. Except we've got an update for the uh, the listeners here at the end of the show. Rocky is going to be on next week. I'm out of town. We're going to be on uh, doing kind of like a live game watch, just kind of taking questions, maybe seeing what we can get into. I, I don't want to speak for you, Rocky, but I'm sure you're going to have a good time with that. And then we're probably going to take a couple of weeks off in September and just kind of let our, our minds reset a little bit. We feel like Dynasty gets to be a little bit 
I don't know, stale and quiet at the beginning of the season. It turns into redraft and there's a ton of content out there already. So we're going to take this time and, and reset, get our minds right, and then come back full strength in October. Uh, hopefully having a, a ready-to-go mindset and help some of our listeners, again, rebuild or contend, whatever you need to do. Uh, but with that, Rocky, I'll kick it to you to say hi to the fans and get us out of here for the evening. Yeah, thanks. I want to just say thanks again to John for coming on. It was a great yeah. show. Uh, really happy to be, again, like I said at the beginning, uh, getting to talk to Andrew again here on Junkies. Been been quite a few weeks. Uh, also, as always, before we sign off, got to give a shout-out to the chat. It was hopping yes. pretty good tonight. Uh, I think I saw uh, on the little counter here we had 10 people watching at one point. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them commenting in the chat. Matthew Wiggins, Jason Real, uh, Dame Overboard, Mr. Scampers, uh, uh, my, my boy Savi from uh, TA3. Uh, so a lot of good people. Jesse Shot, yeah. so, uh, who's in one of the junkies listeners. So is Matthew, by the way. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so many people, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you commenting. It makes it so much more fun. Um, but we've been going over 90 minutes now. There you go. Fly equals fly. We've been going over 90 minutes now. So I'm going to finish us up. Chunky's out. 